All right, everybody. Welcome back to Agents of Comic Book. We are back. Uh, well, first of all, my name is Paul. I forgot to say my name. <laughs> <laughs> and my name is Eric. That's right. I mean, it's the second episode of our Birds of Prey series, so hopefully you know who we are. Yeah, uh, I it, mean... It, if you didn't listen to our last episode, go listen to that one first. But I mean, you know what they say, it could every episode could be someone's first episode. It's true, but I mean, in a, in a as part of a series, I would recommend going back one episode at least. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know why someone would jump in the middle of a series, but I mean... But do. hey, welcome. You're a daring, a daring person. I respect your boldness to jump into the second episode be like hey listen I mean, comic book fans are very adept, uh, adept at jumping in in the <laughs> middle of something so i'll get i'll give them that yeah i guess so, it's I mean, a uh, true wild card move right because i mean you, you can jump right into like a random issue of spider-man and, and kind of pick up i mean you usually don't want to jump in in the middle of an arc but i mean oh, yeah. comic book fans can do it we can pick up context clues it's like some chaotic neutral right exactly <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this is the, like I mentioned, the second episode of the Birds of Prey series we're doing. We covered the first volume of the Gail Simone book last week, so we're mm. going to be doing the second volume of that uh, this uh, this time, which is called Sensei and Student. Yeah, I noticed the next volume is Gail Simone again, too. So how many volumes did she do? Oh, she the, the run is pretty long. She did like uh, at least like 60 or 70 issues, I think. Oh, wow. So, somewhere in there, Holy yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not... A, crazy for like a run but it, it's it's a pretty hefty I guess run. but yeah. I mean that's like that's successful right like, that yeah. means that it, means you did a good job exactly yeah, no that's <laughs> like a very fair point yeah this this run was was doing extremely well when she, uh, the only reason she left is because she was offered Wonder Woman so it could yeah, have gone longer even exactly I'm sure she had other things she wanted to do right yeah I mean you get an offer like Wonder Woman you're kind of like sorry yeah. birds of prey you don't pass that up <laughs> right uh this is actually we're recording this uh Right after the uh, yesterday was the Super Bowl for all of our Americans, so yeah. I, I actually had to miss it because I was at work. Yeah, I really I peaked every now and then, but I really wasn't too invested. I, I was mainly only interested because I knew there was going to be uh, Marvel stuff that they were announcing. Yeah, I saw the uh, only thing I saw was the Black Widow trailer, which looked pretty cool. Yeah, well, there's a, a couple things. I I actually haven't watched the Black Widow trailer yet. I'm I'm going to watch that once we're done recording here. I saw there was a lock and key one. I didn't see it. Oh, I, I didn't it know good. that either. I'm excited. For, I okay, heard it, I heard okay, it was good because we're going to be doing a lock and key series after this so i'm definitely gonna check that out yeah i'm um, excited but what i saw that was really cool was they had little uh snippets for the cat i keep calling it captain america but huh. the falcon and winter soldier show yeah yeah uh which really should be called captain america because he is captain america now which is bullshit i know i've i feel like it's just so ingrained with chris evans at like calling someone else it would just like i feel like people would have forgiven the bait for the one percent of people who are too dumb to like be like to be confused by that i I feel like they would have suffered the bait and switch exactly (laughs) like the only people that would get confused by it are people that don't really care or are fans of it Yeah, but the thing is i mean the only i don't think they're expecting people to jump on with this show i mean i feel like if you're watching this show you've seen like endgame and shit you know you you saw the ending so i don't think anyone's gonna think old man chris evans is captain america (laughs) yeah right i mean you never know here we go Bucky. I mean, it'd be like someone. It'd be like someone jumping in the Mandalorian, having never seen any Star Wars. I think that's different though, because yeah, it's a little different. Because those are that; those are all new characters still. True. Yeah. Like this is these are like this. You can't it's have more. You can't have any more established than what it is. The yeah, way they're going to be in, jumping into this. Imagine this being your first show. Like we live in the world of the Avengers. Baron Zemo, it's you, Bucky. You're from World War Two. <laughs> People are going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's don't true, jump in here. Yeah, it's very go watch like all the Captain America movies and then watch this show at the very least. Yeah, and then watch Endgame. Yeah, that's probably important too. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, then they also showed clips for the Wandavision, which looks really, really cool. Actually, that was the one that really got me excited. Yeah, you were saying it looks creepy. Uh, not not really creepy necessarily. Well, maybe creepy in like an uncanny kind of way. It looks very like unsettling. Okay. Like it, like almost like Legion. 
Gotcha. Like I got very Legion vibes from it, which was what got me excited. Like you know, head game kind of stuff. kind of psychedelic. Yeah, like things don't look right. Like very, everything looks very peachy and like I love Lucy kind of. Okay. Um, but it does, seems like it's wrong, you know, because Vision's oh, okay. there and he's all happy and normal, but Vision yeah, is yeah. dead. Oh right, right. So there's very like you're asking questions like, whoa, why is everything all normal and why is Vision alive? So, like Pleasantville stuff. Right. Yeah. So it's either like it's all taking place maybe in like Vision's head as they're rebuilding him, or maybe it's Wanda finally getting her like reality warping powers oh. and kind of creating her own little happy land Just living in her own simulation right which would gotcha. which is where i get kind of like the creepy uncanny vibes where it's like uh, this is like you're playing with this corpse yeah yeah <laughs> damn that yeah that'd be an interesting concept yeah because it kind of looks like uh the vision run by tom king which is a, a book that we'll probably cover when that show okay. comes out because uh, it looks like the most similar thing they're taking runs from which is basically where vision decides to build his own family so he can live like a sitcom life Oh. Like he builds himself a wife and kids and a dog. Like 50s style? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, they're like all wearing, Atomic Family? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're all like wearing sweaters. They're like, we're oh, okay. the Visions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So it's like, a, and then the, everything just goes like cr- like very creepily wrong because he doesn't like, you know, he's a robot still. He doesn't mm-hmm. have full human emotions. So they're all trying to kind of force things. It's just like a little bit off. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I think they're drawing a lot of fun things from that. So I'm excited. And Wanda has her Scarlet Witch costume. Oh, cool. They showed a clip of it. Like, like the, 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 the red one? Yep, with yeah. the mask and everything. Oh, Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, oh, that makes like it looks a like little the bit. The one from uh, what's it called? What's that game just came out? Uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance three. Yeah. yeah, they use the classic costume. Okay, that. cool. Yeah, because they're not afraid of of uh, I almost said Halloween costumes, <laughs> superhero <laughs> costumes. <laughs> Uh, that look like Halloween costumes. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of overly cheesy. Yeah, because like, all these superhero movies, like, like I think we've talked about it, how superhero movies starting in like the 2000s were like ashamed to be superhero movies. Yeah, yeah. And we've slowly been accepting what they are and allowing yep. them to have like actually colorful, like, weird costumes. Yep, totally. But, like we're more like okay with it. Like, oh, it's a superhero. Superheroes are cool now. Exactly. You don't have to be like, you don't have to wear a tank top to be Wolverine. Yep. Like, I almost wonder like if they adapt Wolverine for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like is he going to actually get the yellow costume? Because, like, I feel like this is the one time you can do it. I feel like they will, but they'll probably kind of tone it down. Like, it won't be a super, like, bright yellow. But it'll still be, like, spandex. Yeah. yeah. It'll just be kind of weathered, probably. Right. Just kind of, like, darker. Or, like, with, like, kind of like uh, the Captain America, like, how they yeah. replace the mask with the helmet. Yep. Exactly. Like, that looks yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Totally. So, yeah, I can see that. But they still have the A, which is, like, makes it just cheesy enough. Yeah. Dude, I'm really hoping for, uh, shit, I'm really, I'm blanking on his name right now, but the, the guy who leads and makes is the creator of letter kenny the canadian dude oh the guy who everyone's jared. trying to get to play wolverine yeah jared something yeah I, i've I heard really, a little bit about i that. really hope he, he gets the wolverine yeah i know i feel like we always try to fan cast oh, sometimes the fan cast works out like benedict cumberbatch ended up being dr strange was that, that a fan cast yeah well, that was who everyone fan casted oh, as dr strange yeah no way so like there's some there's some times where it's just like the obvious pick gets picked yeah but no, I'd, most I would, of the time it's out of left field. i would love for him to be him yeah, that would be cool. I mean, I'll take anyone, though. I trust, I, at this point, I trust the Marvel casting department to just get the job done. Oh, yeah, I do, too. I, I got, so I, I had to miss that whole game because I was at work, but I got to catch up on the trailers on Twitter, basically. <laughs> um, on my way to work, I got extremely lucky. I, this is insane. I um, So I bring my tablet to work every day because I get, at the, where, where I work, I get a ton of time to read comics. That's how I read so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I bring my, t- my tablet to work every day, and as I was getting out of my car and walking into my car... I was like, oh, I forgot my tablet. Let me get it out of my car. Mm -hmm. And I turn around, and I shit you not, my tablet is on top of my car. After you had driven? I I drove the whole way to work with my tablet on top of my car. my God. No way. (laughs) Yes. I actually have a pretty similar story. One time, uh, it was back like when I was still smoking cigarettes. I had put my like iPhone 
on like uh, the bumper of my dad's like uh, SUV because right. it was like kind of extended, but it had like a rubber case. And I like drove to the gas station and back home, and I was like looking for my phone everywhere, and like it had survived staying on the bumper. Yeah, that's crazy. But like, yeah. but on top of the car is more crazy because on the bumper, you know, it's not getting wind resistance. Right. But on top of the car, that thing was in the wind. Well, the case that I have is kind of like a grippy. It's pretty heavy uh, duty. Well, yeah, it's got. Well, it's more than that. It's got like a grippy uh, kind of surface to it. Yeah, like, yep. like with uh, like wedges and stuff in it. Oh. Oh, I see. So I feel like there wasn't a lot of resistance, like, you know, like, you can, you can almost hold it, like, sideways and it won't slip. Like, yeah, it's yeah. very slip resistant. <laughs> That's crazy. So I got very lucky. That's I, I've, I've done that before, too. I drove almost all the way home with a 12-pack of soda on top of my car, too. Oh, oh. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean, almost? <laughs> well, because I made it almost home and then I took one turn and it went flying off the top of my car <laughs> okay. and all the sodas went rolling everywhere <laughs> okay. and I had to get out and pick them up. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you made that part confusing. I yeah. got you. Um, but I, I got almost all the way there because I remember I was driving home and, like, as I, I would go to stop signs and stuff, people would just start honking at me <laughs> wait like for the tablet no or for, for this the soda. is the, the soda okay, no one gotcha. noticed the tablet i was gonna say i'm surprised no one said anything or someone might have noticed but they were probably just like fuck that guy yeah they're like what is they probably couldn't tell <laughs> but exactly i think with a 12 pack was. of soda people are more like you're gonna hurt someone that's way more obvious yeah, yeah totally um and so people were honking at me as i was driving back and i was like well you guys are assholes i'm not doing anything wrong <laughs> <laughs> and then as i took the final turn to like go to my apartment like they went flying oh, the, my God. the sodas went flying off and i was like oh shit god damn so i had to get out and pick them all up because they were like all over the street i'm like i can't leave this shit had they leaked or oh yeah like, well they were fucked they were, yeah, yeah, yeah i didn't oh you were just being a good samaritan oh yeah i wasn't gonna oh, wow. i wasn't gonna leave a bunch of sodas in the middle of the street i would have fucked off <laughs> <laughs> listen this is a hero's journey it, i guess you, you did the no the noble thing yeah i learned lessons from my superheroes eric i guess yeah <laughs> you think superman would have let those cans just roll on the no, street he would have picked them up he would have picked them up <laughs> but he would have done it like a second well that's true <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> way easier all right, but without further ado, we're going to be talking about uh, Volume 2 of Birds of Prey coming up next, and then we're going to keep talking about that Birds of Prey TV show. Yep. <laughs> Just until next week, because next week we can actually talk about the movie, which oh, is what yeah. we've been building up to. Yeah, so I'm this is the final week where we have to talk about that TV show. <laughs> Very luckily. All right, so we're talking about Sensei and Student next. All right, so we're talking about the second arc of Birds of Prey of Gail Simone's run here, which is issues 62 through 67. Uh, the arc is called Sensei and Student because it's mainly centered around the relationship between uh, Dinah and Shiva, who mm. we're actually just meeting. She's been mentioned at this point, but this is, I think the first time we're meeting her in this run. Yeah, uh, in appearance. Right, because we talked about her. That's Cass's mom who raised her to basically be a weapon. She's the deadliest woman on Earth. Okay. Um, like she can beat Batman easily in a fight. Like she's extremely dangerous. We see Dinah. Dinah's in Japan. Uh, she says that she's visiting like an old friend, like one of her uh, mentors, like one of her father figures. Yeah. And she mentions like the other. She's like, oh, I actually have a few father figures in my life. Like she mentions like the JSA, mainly Ted Wildcat is like a, a great friend of hers. Yeah. So like it's very unlike most superheroes. I have a ton of father figures. Right. <laughs> and she calls out Batman too. Weirdly, she calls out uh, Oliver, which I thought was a little weird. Yeah, that was I, a little bit Freudian. Is it is it okay to call your boyfriend a father figure? I mean, maybe they're into daddy to me. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> It could be her daddy. Like, I kind of get what she's saying, but it's, uh, I don't know if I it's like that. It's a little <laughs> creepy. I don't know if I like it. A little creepy. Because she, uh, you know, her sensei is just like laying on the ground. He's dying. He has cancer. He's yeah, like, he's I have like days to live. I just wanted, I wanted you to come out here and see me because mm-hmm. I have like a dying wish for you. And she also runs into Shiva there. Shiva's got come to do the same thing. Um, 
which I think Dinah calls out later. She's like, oh, for a person who says she has no emotions, like, why did you even show up? Like, yeah. this seems very sentimental for you. Yeah, you shouldn't care. And she makes, like, a, a weird comment. She's like, oh, well, I did, I'm not sentimental. I just came because I keep a list of the, the 10 best fighters on Earth. And <laughs> yeah. Just, a- anytime one dies, I need to cross them off the list. And gotta, Dinah's like, I don't believe you. <laughs> gotta confirm the death. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> that's kind of a cool comment. But even Dinah's like, I don't believe you. You're, you're full of shit. Yeah. It's like, you're trying too, too, way too hard. Yeah. To hide your emotions. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a couple moments in this run where shiva will kind of have like brief moments of weakness and then they sh- like shake it off very quickly oh yeah definitely um because we get a little bit of background uh this this is the basically the sensei who trained uh dinah how to fight because dinah was she always had the canary cry but she wanted to have something to like fall back on like some kind of like main fighting style that goes beyond like just being a one-trick pony so she dedicated a lot of time to becoming like an expert fighter yeah because i think it was shiva that in like conversation shiva says that like in reference to the canary cry that you know a soldier that or warrior that relies on one weapon like will always lose or whatever right exactly um so this is kind of a cool dynamic which i thought was it kind of reminded me of kill bill um especially because dinah almost kind of looks like the bride i know it's funny (laughs) um and it's because like uh, dinah and shiva kind of have like a relationship kind of like um the bride and kill bill and ellie driver Mm -hmm. um who is like the the girl with the eye patch yep uh because like in kill bill they're both trained by the same sensei except it's it's a little bit different because in that one uh ellie driver kills the sensei yeah right exactly so it's a little bit different but i kind of got vibes from that yeah and it, it even drove me to to look up the dates on it and weirdly enough, there must have been some kind of like, you know, how people describe synchronicity because these mm-hmm. stories like uh, Kill Bill and this came out at literally the same time, like to really? the point where they must have been being written at the same time. No way. Yeah. Like they, they released like months apart. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's just one of those moments where it's just like, you know, it happens to be like in the, the zeitgeist or whatever. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, but the sensei uh, has Shiva and uh, Dinah lean in because he has like a dying wish for them and the dying wish, he whispers it into each of them. Which uh, when they meet later, they they talk about what they uh, what he said. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dinah says like, "Well, his dying wish was that I never arrest you, that I never like apprehend you, just yeah, let yeah. you be free." Yep. And Shiva's like, "Well, his dying wish for me is to never kill you." <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh, they just he just wants them like not to fight. Like, about he, the same parallel, right? Because he, he knows that Dinah's not going to kill her anyway. He doesn't yeah. need to make that vow. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, his final his final wish is basically for his two best students not to fight because he wants them both to live on and spread his teaching. Basically, mm-hmm. I think is his main goal. Yeah. It's better fate than just to have one of them end up killing one or the other right because i I, honestly because i mean the the sensei does seem like a great guy like he does care about dinah like as almost like a father figure but it almost part of it does seem a little bit like he's mainly concerned with just passing on like what he knows oh yeah because like he even mentions that he's like i'm not gonna die and like pass this on to nobody like Mm -hmm. i need someone worthy to take this up and teach right exactly yeah while this is going on we get a scene which i really really enjoyed uh back in gotham where oracle is actually being like the girl in the chair for Batman like she must like do this like she she, like she doesn't just do birds of prey stuff she also works with Batman still which seems like a large plate oh yeah she's got a lot to do like I don't know how she has time to do like anything well I've she probably I don't think she does I think she's kind of like Bruce where she's just like in the tower all day for the most part so does Alfred just like bring her food and drop does off her, yeah does her laundry and everything alfred is her uber eats yeah <laughs> um yeah so she's uh it's a really cool scene because I, I always love these like low level kind of street level scenes with batman where he's yeah. not like going against like a super villain even necessarily he's yeah. just like fighting crime as far as hilarious um because yeah he, he's and we get like a, a pretty cool detailed scene of him like and i like the late like the conversations they're having too mm-hmm. like this is the kind of like detail oriented stuff that i like where it's oh, like definitely. they're talking about like the the crime families how they're making moves like you know she 
she mentioned something about how there's like a new one in town and that might make a lot of enemies. Like these little details like just that make you feel like they're actually like having a work conversation. Yeah, it's great world building. Yep. Uh, and so it, it's just like uh, a really great like little Batman scene. But it ends up being the place where she sends Batman to like track down these uh, cartel leaders. Uh, he, he breaks into the house and gasses it. He puts on the gas mask, goes full regalia, and they bust in. It's just these like innocent like old couple. They're like, please don't. And don't hurt us. <laughs> yeah, because the old man like goes to strike him, and he's like, don't think about it, old man. Yeah. <laughs> and he like, tries to whip him with his cane. Right, so he's like tear gassed these innocent old old people. And Batman's just like, Oracle, uh, we got a problem. <laughs> yeah, we got some bad intel. <laughs> and Oracle's like, wait, what the hell? Like That's never happened before. Yeah, like, like, that, that's a misstep. At first, I wondered if she, like when the first time reading this, I wondered if she like did it on purpose like if she's trying to like mislead him or something but like this no this is legitimately something that happens to her a few times in this arc yeah i chalked it up to her just being like overworked and just like making like dumb mistakes right but we find out it keeps happening like she is directing missions not just for batman but like later on for like cast too and like Mm -hmm. for some other people and it keeps happening which she finds very suspicious yep Back in Japan, we have uh, Dinah and Shiva are having the the conversation about like you know what they're gonna do with uh, like now, now that Sensei's dying, like what are their plans now? Um, they actually end up accidentally getting in a fight because Shiva like doesn't take any shit from anybody, mm-hmm. and these like uh, gang members come up and start like you know like trying like talking to him, uh, talking shit basically, and and Shiva grabs one of them like by the hand and rips his finger off like effortlessly. No, she bites it off. Oh yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah. straight up just bites it off. Yeah, and he just like looks at it. He's like holy shit <laughs> and then Shiva's like well how are you gonna shoot me with no trigger finger like good luck with that <laughs> yeah it's just like a true wild card again right yeah because Shiva just because Shiva can like kill anyone effortlessly like without like anything so yeah, she's like at any time it's just like I'll just kill you like what who cares it's just like crass work right and so like Dinah now that now she's in a scuffle and she's like panicking because now she's got to be like well I this is going to be a bloodbath now. Mm-hmm. So like, she, so it's kind of a cool fight scene because she's trying to like knock these guys out before Shiva can like even get to them. <laughs> yeah, like, please don't kill them, please. Right, so it's more than just a fight scene. It's like she's trying to beat them to the punch, literally. Yeah. Because otherwise they're like, their heads will come clean off. <laughs> uh, after the fight, Shiva seems to have uh, kind of like a hunch that the person most likely responsible for this is going to be uh, Cheshire, which is a DC villain who they're both familiar with. Yeah, this was new to me. Uh, yeah, Cheshire, just to give a little bit of background, I, I believe is originally from the Teen Titans. If not, that's mainly where she is known from. Okay. Because uh, she uh, was in a relationship with Roy Harper, kind of like one of those villain-hero relationships, um, which kind of had like a, a symbolic meaning too because Roy Harper has like a lot of problems with like drug addiction too. Okay. So like her being like the Lady of Poisons like kind of had oh. like its own little storytelling thing there. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, those two um, ended up having a child um, who... Dinah mentions it. She's uh, the child's godmother. Oh, Di- yeah, Dinah's yeah. very close with Roy Harper through Ollie. Yep. Through Green Arrow. So there's a little bit of background there. So Dinah, like, when she finds out that Cheshire is the top suspect, she's like, oh, shit. Like, this is going to be some business now. Because Cheshire, uh, is, according to Dinah, is the second deadliest person on it. Like, the second deadliest assassin, like, working right now. Yeah, it seems like one I would not want to go against. Right. It's, it's like, but, basically, just don't touch her at all. Right. It's like, not even combat. It's just yeah. literally, like, you could die from anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, there's a lot of crazy. I don't want to, like, get into spoils. But, yeah, like, she has so many yeah, things airborne, she does. Airborne pours, poisons. Yeah. Uh, like, you can eat anything you eat or drink, anything yep. you touch. Cigars. It's, yep, yeah, it's, it's bad news. Uh, so Dinah has like a, a cool line where she's like, well, how, what do you do when you have to go after the second deadliest assassin in the world? Well, you recruit the 
the number one yeah. deadliest assassin in the world to help you. <laughs> just one up it. Right. <laughs> so they go to Cheshire's apartment and Dinah literally like busts down the front door with a canary cry mm-hmm. and while they like while she's sleeping. And uh, Cheshire like jumps off the balcony to try to get away, but then uh, Dinah and her have to like basically battle in the pool. Yeah, uh was it Ed Bennis? Ed Bennis. He yeah. had a field day with this one. Yeah, he must have been reading the script for this be like, oh yeah. Yeah, because when Cheshire like gets tackled out of bed into the pool, she's like wearing like a like basically just a half a nightgown. Yeah, that's those are not like pajamas. They're I don't not. know. Yeah, it's just like, like a half of a sheet. It's like the least amount of clothing you could possibly wear and still call them pajamas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and yeah, it's basically just a wet t shirt. And so like this, this scene's point. intended to be kind of like a tongue-in-cheek kind of like, ooh, they're doing a cat fight in the pool. Like, yeah. Everyone's watching. So it's, exactly. it's meant to be part of the joke, but at the same time, Ed Bennis has been drawing every scene like this. Oh, and it'll con- it'll continue the whole run. So no matter any fight you're, any Ed Bennis fight you're getting, it's always going to look like a pool fight no matter what. <laughs> yeah, so Exactly. Um, so they, they end up actually capturing Cheshire, and Shiva's like super impressed by that. She's like, wow, Dinah, like, you're going up my list. Like That was pretty impressive. Yeah, like, damn. Yeah. And uh, so they go to uh, interrogate Cheshire, and Dinah's like, all right, well, I got to try to keep Shiva, like, you know, back a little bit. I'm going to try to run this like the good cop. <laughs> and uh, she, uh, Cheshire kind of drops a bombshell on him saying, like, well, listen, I- I'm being framed for this. Like, I'm not the one who killed your sensei. Mm-hmm. Um, I- I- I've been trying to kill my own target. Like, I'm out here on a job. Like, I'm, lo- I'm looking for a Senator Pullman. Like, I was on my way over to America, like, before you guys were about to knock down my door. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Dinah's like, Senator Pullman, like, what the hell? Like, so these two plots are, like, coming together all of a sudden. Yep. Um, so Cheshire's kind of pitching the possibility, like, maybe this senator, like, is framing me for the job to get the three of us to all kill each other. And, like, um, we'll, we'll get to kind of the, the specifics of how the details of this work at the end, because a little bit uh, of it spoils something. But one one thing that kind of... The question I raised initially was, like, how could Senator Pullman know about, like, Dinah's relationship with, like, the sensei or, like, Japan or any of this? Yeah, it um, didn't make sense to me. It didn't make sense to me at first, but then Savant. I thought about it. Oh, more Actually, not even Savant. It's mentioned earlier in, in this when Shiva and uh, Black Canary are sitting and eating. Uh, the, oh, Black the, the Canary's nephew. Ri- well, it, no, Black Canary's writing a, a memoir, like a book, you remember? Oh, and Shiva, yeah. Shiva's reading it, and she's like, "Oh, you're writing about yourself. Like, why are you sharing all your weaknesses with mm. your enemy?" And Dinah's like, "Oh, I don't really see it that way. I'm just writing a book to share my life with people." So, so th- th- somehow they got a hold. I, of that? I think the sensei must be mentioned in the book. But so d- it was it confirmed that they got a hold of that journal or whatever? No, but I, I think that it, if you're trying to think about it, like trying to figure out how could Senator Pullman get this information, oh, it's called right. back to it literally, literally in this issue. So oh, okay. I think you can draw that connection. Yeah, that makes Shiva sense. even mentions like you're giving your enemy your weaknesses. Yeah, so Shiva's yeah, calling yeah. it out like this book is a mistake. Okay, um, so that I, makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Um, but we'll find out there's more to it at, uh, towards the end. Mm-hmm. But yeah, back in Gotham, Barbara's situation is getting worse. Like we like we said, she keeps sending heroes to the wrong location so people are kind of losing trust in her intel mm-hmm. um because uh, after Cass goes to the wrong place like even Cass questions her and, and oracle's like Cass, you've like you've never questioned me like you you barely talk like this isn't like you and she's like well you're never wrong <laughs> and oracle's like yeah you're right like this is very weird like yeah, what's yeah. happening like something's not right here so she goes to her computer and it's it's funny this was written in like 2005 but uh this is kind of like gail simone predicting discord because <laughs> this reminded me like this is basically uh oracle going to her discord server because she's in like a a voice chat with all these symbols that represent all the six people she's talking to uh but these people don't share names they just call themselves like blue yellow yeah, whatever yeah. They, they have cool like little logos yeah so you don't see like so they're all anonymous mm-hmm. um 
so she's like asking them, like, do you guys know what might be happening? Like, there's no way I just got a virus. Like, we're, I'm way too careful for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them mentions, like, they actually had something like this happen to them. And it almost it's presented almost like a horror story. Like we get like her point of view, like this hacker, and uh, we only know it's a woman because we we see her. Um, yeah, yeah. She's on the computer, like uh, doing her thing, and all of a sudden these messages start popping up, uh, saying like "I see you, I see you," and then it calls out her name. I can't yeah. remember her name now, but it I, I, says I mean, it on screen. Yeah, it's and, creepy. And, and uh, she's like, "Well, no, it saw like my real name, like a name I'd, I'd never entered on that computer. Like I, I'm an anonymous hacker. I don't put any of my information on that system. Yeah, yeah. And it knew anyway." So Barbara's like, holy shit! And uh, the person she's talking to on her Discord servers is like, uh, well, if you if you have that virus, I would burn everything you have mm-hmm. and start over. And so this freaks Barbara out. And the minute that she hears that information, all of her systems go out, and she gets the same message: "I see you, Barbara. I yep. see you, Barbara." Just she's locked out. Yep. And it's it goes even farther than that. Like she shuts everything down, and she's like ready to go. Like she wants to find like Batman and get help. You know, you know, figure out what's happening. Because mm-hmm. uh, she she's connected. Like she can figure. Like if something's like someone's trying to hack her system, she's got allies who can help her figure out what's going on. Yeah, she's got some people who know a little tech support. Right. Yeah. That, that's that's a little bit higher than level one tech support calling Batman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a good start. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but she goes for the phone and actually reaches Tim Drake at the Batcave. And uh, she's like, listen, I've been hacked. Like, something's going on. And then as she's talking, like, Tim Drake's voice, like, goes like, I see you, Barbara. I see you, Barbara. Yes. So he's hacked the phones, too. Yep. So her call never went through. Um, So she, you know, drops the phone. Like, she's like, I need to get away from technology. I need to physically get out of this building. <laughs> yeah, time to screw off. And so she she rolls out of the building. And uh, as she's leaving, this, the, this van pulls up with a bunch of guys in black suits. Yeah, the old black bag. Right, with all, you know, the, all the sunglasses, typical look. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you need to come with us. Like, you're wanted by the, U- you're under arrest by the U.S. government. Mm-hmm. And Barbara's like, uh, this doesn't seem like how you arrest people. Like, this seems pretty shady. <laughs> it seems like a kidnapping. You're right. This is much more of a kidnapping than an arrest. <laughs> and, uh, and they even try to, like, inject her with something. And uh, they go up to her, like, all right, Barbara, uh, make a fist. And she's like, okay. And she makes yeah. a fist and punches him in the nuts. <laughs> and then, like, she takes out, like, five of them. Uh, eventually gets taken down, though. And yeah, they're like, how the hell did she take out five people? You guys are idiots. Because they don't know she's Batgirl. Exactly. And so she gets taken, and we find out it's Senator Pullman who's abducting her. Hmm. Um, she, he, Senator Pullman is actually abducted like a dozen different people that he thinks is Oracle that he thinks could likely be Oracle yeah because yeah. we find out that Senator Pullman is actually working with Savant now yep um, they've kind of pooled their resources um, and Senator Pullman used Savant uh, Savant's like information and genius to figure out who the 10 most likely people to be Oracle might be yep so Oracle so Barbara herself isn't necessarily suspect number one she's just on the list yeah exactly one of the people they pull in is literally Velma, by the way. <laughs> I, I don't know if you noticed that. Velma? Yeah, like Velma from Scooby-Doo. What? Yeah, like they, they, they're talking to her and she she like has the, the yellow sweater and the turtleneck and like oh. the hair and the glasses. I was going to say, it, it looked weird, but I was like, there's no way that's like... And she's that's like, Scooby-Doo I'm not Doo Oracle. That's, that's so funny. I, I feel like Gail wanted her to say jinkies, but that would have been too on the nose. Uh, but back in Japan, we're actually, well, I guess uh, back in the middle of the ocean because Dinah and Cheshire and Shiva are on their way back to America because they are going to see Senator Pullman. Uh, because that's their new target. They figured yeah. out where where this trail leads. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're kind of begrudgingly working with Cheshire, just being like, play it cool. Like, we're trusting you for now. Uh, Cheshire even poisons Dinah on the way on the plane. Yeah, just for, like, shits. <laughs> yeah, just to, like, show her who's boss. Yeah. Like, just to get her to throw up on the plane the whole way, <laughs> which seems like a dick move. Cause it's Di- a total dick move. Dinah's like, listen here, you little shit. <laughs> 
Like, I'd be pissed. Yeah, Dinah's like, if you po- if you do this again, I'm puking all over your face. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I'd do. Right. Like, this is what you get. <laughs> and uh, on the plane, we actually get an interesting uh, offer here because Shiva uh, is kind of like, Throughout this whole situation, it seems like she's growing, like, more respect for Dinah, like, as a warrior. Yeah. And so she offers, like, Dinah, like, listen, if you want to, like, I, I don't have an apprentice anymore because Cass has abandoned me. Like, mm-hmm. my, my own daughter, like, she's, you know, Bruce's apprentice now. Yep. Um, so, like, if you want to be my apprentice, I'll pass on my teachings to you. I'll make you the deadliest person on earth. <laughs> and Dinah's like... Uh, let me sleep on that. Because <laughs> Dinah's like, holy shit, like, that's a... That's, tempting as shit yeah that's like a big opportunity right but then uh, at but the same time she is a killer yeah you yeah. kind of gotta have a bit of a murderous tendency right. to do that job she would be like here's how you chop someone's head off with your hand <laughs> how to get a clean cut through the neck yeah and so uh but at the same time Dinah's wondering like could i just take what she teaches me and then reapply it yeah and shiva even s- says like what you do with my teachings up to you like, yeah exactly you should just learn to learn yeah um and so you know Dinah is just kind of like She's letting the gears turn. She's going to think on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back in the prison where Oracle is locked up, she actually meets with Savant. Savant doesn't know for sure that she's Oracle, but I think he might suspect. Like, yeah. He gets Oracle vibes from her. Well, certainly. they've talked on the phone, too, so he might recognize a little bit of voice. Well, she she, mar- uh, was it she, she disguises her voice okay. when she calls that people. That makes sense, yeah. I guess. Um, but so he doesn't know her by her voice, but I think he still kind of suspects just based on personality and pers- like demeanor. Like he, he kind of has a sense for that kind of thing. Yeah. Cause like when Barb is in here, she just kind of stays quiet and like is asking for a lawyer and stuff. And like right. all the other people are like, what's happening? Like, I don't know what you want from right. me. So like, she's the only one playing it cool. With so surprising so, composure. Yeah. Right. So Savant's probably like, okay, this is pretty likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Savant's kind of, he reveals the only reason he's like, he's not happy about what's going on. Mm. He's, uh, he, he's even like if Oracle's captured by Pol- and I think that's a waste. Like, yeah. Like Oracle is like an adversary. Like, like you deserve better. Right. It's almost like a Joker situation where it's like you're a worthy hero. I want to be your villain. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a like cool that scene. Kind of thing. Yeah. Totally. Um. And it's like he he says like the only reason he's even working with Pullman is because he's trying to get Creote out of jail. Mm-hmm. Um. To rescue his friend. Um. So he as soon as he gets what he wants, he's probably going to turn on Pullman anyway. Yeah. So he's telling her like, hey, if you want to go free, I'll help you right now. Yeah. But then I mean, Oracle doesn't want to play her cards yet either. Like she, I think Oracle still kind of thinks she can get out on her own, so yeah, she's not exactly. going to take this. But it's something to keep in the back pocket. Right. Exactly. It's yeah. a good last resort. Oh yeah. Because uh, her plan is uh, pretty good, actually. She causes a scene which causes a guard to come in there. Like, she says, like, I'll tell you everything. Like, I have something to say. Yeah. And so the guard takes her over to Pullman. And, and then she's like, what? I didn't say anything. Like, this is bullshit. Like, <laughs> and so the guard gets in trouble. And he's like, don't waste my time again. And the guard's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and so the guard takes Barbara back to his cell and gets pissed and, like, gets in her face and, like, is about to beat her. Yep. And then um, she uses the opportunity to pickpocket him and take his phone. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he leaves, he's able. She's able to use the phone and contact the clock tower. And she's expecting to contact Dinah yep. and tell her like, "Hey, what's going on?" Like, but she actually gets Huntress. Who yeah. just At that moment, was breaking into the watchtower. <laughs> Perfect time. She's like, "Uh, hello. <laughs> what's up?" She's like, "Huntress, what, are you on my phone?" <laughs> nah, weird coincidence, right? <laughs> and then she's like, "Well, I guess you're as good as any." Like, listen, I've been captured. I need help. Yeah. So uh, Huntress makes her way over to the base to try to rescue Barbara. Um, on Dinah also at this point, I'm not sure quite how the timeline lines up, but Dinah, uh, but by the next issue is already back in America. Um, I think so. she 
goes and confronts Senator Pullman, actually, with the information she has mm-hmm. and drops the bombshell that Cheshire told them uh, off panel, which is that uh, Cheshire is actually the uh, illegitimate daughter of Senator Pullman. Like yep. he was over there and had like his own little secret family yep. um, that he didn't know about or maybe knew about and just immediately buried. Well, I think later on. Like he probably didn't even know he got her pregnant. Later on, I think he mentions like he, like there are a number. He of women has like who, probably like nine women that right. probably he has Ill- illegitimate children with. Right. So he's one of those assholes who's like, I could have kids in every country. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> and so that's I think the main thing. Like, there's probably more, but this is the main bombshell. I think that he's been nervous about this whole time. Mm. That you know maybe that Savant was probably blackmailing him with, and that he was worried that Barbara was going to blackmail him with. Yeah. Because like you're illegitimate daughter like for a senator being a supervillain is probably a pretty bad thing it's a bad look yeah <laughs> um not that there's i mean a guy like him there's probably tons of dirt you could dig up but that seems like the big one yeah yeah although we do while dinah's doing this uh shiva is watching cheshire just trying to keep keep an eye on her and that's where we get our another uh twist which turns out that cheshire actually did kill the sensei yeah she, she's uh twisting it on us again here cheshire i think was Taking Senator Pullman's plan and just reapplying it for her purposes. Yeah. She's like, well, Senator Pullman wants to turn everyone against each other. What if I just turn those two against each other? Mm -hmm. Like Shiva and Dinah. And then while I'm at it, I might be able to kill Shiva too. Yeah. So her initial plan didn't work. Like Shiva and Dinah ended up working together against all odds. Yeah. So her backup plan now is I'm just going to use this opportunity while I'm alone with Shiva and take her out because she fills the air with like uh, this like toxin, which will... Uh, make her muscles like contract and be useless yeah yeah which is like the one thing you can do to take out shiva so with shiva taken out she restrains shiva she says that her plan is going to yeah, be she wants to use her body to make it because it's just like another asian woman so people will think it's her body what yeah she's like well she's like i'm, I'm gonna remove all the identifying traits from your body and then burn and, and then burn it yeah but i'm like i don't think that's gonna work unless you like take out all of her teeth yeah <laughs> like, like is... you'd have to like take her off her teeth and like cut off either burn or f- make sure her finger if they notice all the teeth are missing they're gonna be like oh this is a frame job yeah someone, someone <laughs> wanted to make sure it couldn't be id right so this is not gonna work what is she gonna do like toss in a cheshire name tag like yeah. definitely cheshire, was cheshire. <laughs> like this isn't like the 20s they're yeah. gonna get past this yeah they they're gonna look a little harder uh, but she ends up just restraining uh, Shiva and taking her with her. Because mm. uh, she actually goes to Pullman's office herself after Dinah leaves and just to blackmail him uh, herself and be like, hey, daddy, guess who's here? Yep. Uh, so Senator Pullman's like, well, now I'm really in the shit. Yeah. Uh, we do. Get, we get a kind of a nice issue interlude uh, before the final issue here, which I liked a lot. Yeah, this was great. It was like a um, cool like murder mystery. Yep. And we actually do get... Uh, issue 66 actually has guest artists as well. Um, uh, instead of Ed Bennis, we have Mike uh, Manley and Mike Golden who do the art on this issue. Yeah, it's um, a great cover. Yeah, the, the cover is really cool. It's like got uh, Black Canary. Uh, it's a cover by Phil Noto, who I'm a big fan of. Um, and the, this, this issue is going to be all about Black Canary's mother, uh, who it's kind of been retconned since just because of the sliding timeline. Like okay. originally that was just Black Canary, but now they, you know, now there's the modern Black Canary and the old Black Canary. Yeah. yeah. Um, so her mother is Dinah Drake, who is, uh, basically has the same powers as her, uh, served in the justice society with the other old school heroes. Okay. Uh, so this whole issue is a flat cause Dinah, we see Dinah initially going through like uh, an old lockbox of her mom's things. Yeah. It's her files. And we see like uh, a case that she was on a, a long time ago and we get a flashback and I really like the art in this issue a lot too. It, it kind of, it's very, uh, uh, it's almost like that kind of like a crime noir, almost like the how like the uh, Mignola Hellboyish books kind of are, like a very like old school kind of look. Yeah, totally. And it it kind of reminded me of Long Halloween too. 
Yeah, um, so I, I kind of the aesthetic worked really well for a flashback issue that takes place kind of like uh, in the '40s or '50s. I don't know the year exactly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it works really well for that. And the issue is all about her. She's at like a party with uh, that's a gathering, incidentally, of a bunch of different crime lords as mm-hmm. well as cops. Yep. Because uh, we get like a young Jim Gordon who's there and a couple mm-hmm. other cameos. At, at the party, there's this murder, and the whole issue is essentially her trying to solve this murder. It's a very noir detective story, which I liked a lot. Yep. Um, and it all wraps up basically. This uh, it's a very powerful person who is going around killing uh, blonde women because yep. he's just psychopathic and kind of a misogynist. Yeah, the name's kind of lame. It's like what is it like the blonde slasher? Whatever. Yeah, it's like oh, okay. It's like, we could have tried a little harder on that one. Right, and uh, so she ends up. She doesn't actually end up putting him away. She yeah. he gets away, and uh, the, the twist at the end. Dinah figures out that this killer who got away from black canary is actually senator pullman's father yeah he pulls a btk and just like goes in hiding for a while right and then uh so that's like so this is like a a big thing so senator so i don't know uh or at least we don't know at this point what the connection is going to be there but yeah there's at least a connection with uh senator pullman and dinah's whole family exactly yeah there's a history it's personal now right yep um, but this all wraps up where uh, issue six is going to be the prison break. So this is setting up <laughs> for like a really fun action issue. Yeah. Uh, and they pull in uh, some guest stars in this one too, which is oh, a lot yeah. of fun because you know from the cover too, like Catwoman's going to be in here and we're going to yep. get some cool guest stars. Oh yeah. Because um, Huntress says like, well, if you know we're going to rescue Barbara Gordon, like I'm calling everybody. Mm-hmm. So it's the the extended Birds of Prey roster. Uh, Catwoman comes to help them because like if we we need to break in, like I'm calling a master thief. Exactly. Yeah. Like you couldn't get anyone better. Right. It's 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 really great. Uh, the the first like page is like Bla- Black Canary busting through the wall like on her motorcycle doing yeah. a canary cry. It looks really good. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, but it's cool. It's cool seeing that and like. Uh, Catwoman has some cool lines as they're breaking in. Uh, Huntress actually made me laugh because she has a showdown with Savant when she's trying to break out uh, Oracle, oh, yeah. and she's like, "Like, hey, wait, super villains like you aren't allowed to be so pretty. If I if I beat you, I'm shaving your head." Yeah. <laughs> He's like, "You wouldn't." <laughs> Cheshire's plan here is she takes Pullman, she gets up to the helicopter pad, and she's gonna fly off, and she reveals that she's poisoned him. Yeah, uh, like she's like, "Well, he's fucked now." Like, uh, pulls the old. I have the antidote. Yeah, in a glass vial. <laughs> why would she even bring the antidote? Yeah, and why would she have it in a random glass vial? Yeah, like if you want to poison him, just poison him. Don't yeah. make an antidote. Exactly. Don't have a don't have a back alley out of this. Or, like, or maybe make it, make it final. Maybe make an antidote just in case, but don't like dangle it. Although like, she, she, I guess she was kind of trying to use that as an escape because it was like, okay, you can either save him or like try oh, to catch him. That's true. Me. But Otherwise, then she didn't know Black Canary was underneath the helicopter too. Well, so. well actually it was Huntress uh, because... Um, well, Huntress caught the vial and Black Canary oh, caught right. the helicopter. Because yeah, it's kind of a miracle because the she tosses the uh, the cure... The, the antidote, the antidote for the uh, for the disease, and Huntress like literally pulls like a miracle catch. Like, yeah, even she's like, I got it. She's like, like, no way. <laughs> yeah, so even Huntress is like, holy shit! <laughs> like I actually got it. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so it's a really great. So it's a believable that she catches it. Cause you're mm-hmm. like, whoa! Like totally. she's like, even she's surprised. Yep. And so they're able to to cure Pullman. So I, I'm guessing that it's just going to be more. I don't think he's going to be super grateful, but. No. Uh, that they end up saving his life. Uh, although we do still have the hanging thread of Barbara and her computers, which hasn't been resolved yet. So that's still good. That's going to be uh, something big coming up in the next arc. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's something they were setting up for. And then the the closing of this of this arc is actually back in Japan. Uh, Dinah goes back out there for the funeral mm-hmm. of her sensei. And uh, Shiva does one of those things where, like, she shows up from behind the tree. Yeah. The classic, like, uh, I'm too edgy to be at the funeral. <laughs> I'm not going to stand with the group. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too cool. <laughs> Funerals are for lames. I'll stand, uh, like, just out of eye distance and watch alone. <laughs> 
And uh, she goes up to Dinah at the end and she's like, so have you thought about my offer? Like, do you want to be my apprentice? And Dinah actually turns her down. Mm-hmm. And Shiva's like, well, you know, my offer still stands. Like, as soon as you change your mind, come back to me. And Dinah's like, eh, I probably won't. But <laughs> eh, maybe. Who but knows? maybe. <laughs> and so uh, so Shiva, you know, she, she wanders off for now. But we'll see her again. Don't worry. She, she's uh, in this arc for, for more. So don't worry okay, about that. Okay, cool. Uh, so the next arc is going to be all about, I don't want to spoil too much about it, but it's going to be about what, what they've been setting up with the computer and okay. some, among, among other things. Gotcha. Um, but it, it, it's really, some really good stuff. It, is this, it, uh, cause I remember it with the, one of the computer parts, it, there was like a weird looking kind of robotic skull logo. It almost kind of looked like Ultron type deal. Is that something that is connected? I, I, let me, I'm curious cause I've read this before. Um, this is my second time reading through the whole run. I'm curious what you, th- do you have any theories about what's going on with the computer virus? Of, I mean, it seems like it's either going to be some kind of organization, like underground organization that's okay. trying to take like Oracle down, mm-hmm. or it's going to be some kind of like shadow government. You're going to be excited when you find out what it is. Or, oh my God, don't tell me it's aliens. I'm not going to tell you, but you'll be excited because you're going to be like, oh shit, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah, no, it's cool. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so we're going to be talking about the, uh, but I mean, this arc in general, I, I just to talk about it in broad strokes for a minute. Like Sensei and Student is maybe one of my favorite arcs in this run because yeah, it was great. It's got a lot of style, which mm-hmm. I like too. Like it, like she settles like on like, on a genre for this arc and just sticks with it. Like it's all like you know, just kung fu action. Yeah, like when like this gang that they're fighting has nothing to do with the plot really, but it's just thrown in there to get some like really great like just action scenes in yeah, Japan. And it it's makes awesome. for some great content, right? Because like I mean, and they, she Gail gives us enough background on the gang to give it enough context to make it fun. Exactly. Like she gives like these little details about uh, like how gangs in Hong Kong are more organized and like have more uh, structure than Gotham gangs. Yep. So like it adds a little bit of context to who they're fighting. Yeah, it's awesome. And like while while she's fighting with Cheshire and Shiva, like she has notes about like how Shiva fights differently from Cheshire. Okay. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, about how they're like different kinds of rock artists essentially. Yep. Uh, so it's it's some really cool notes and there, it it comes back to that style later on too. There's a whole arc which is just a, basically a kung fu contest. Yeah, it, it, it's really fun. So, um, Black Canary is like perfect for those kind of stories, which I really like. Definitely, and Shiva especially. Um, if people want more Shiva content, definitely read the uh, Kelly Puckett Batgirl run, which is all about Cass. Okay, Shiva's in that a lot just because it's one of the most relevant characters to that, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's a highly, highly recommended run. It's got like very little dialogue, so it reads very quickly because Cass can like barely talk. Okay. Yeah, because um, this is my first like, introduction to Shiva, so and it was awesome. Yeah, Shiva is a really, really fun character. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely recommend Sensei and Student. Um, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, if you're if you're reading of like minds, keep reading because this run just gets better and better as it goes. Okay. Uh, but speaking of better and better, we're going to talk about something that does not get better and better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because uh, we can't talk about the Birds of Prey movie yet because it has not been released. When does um, it come out? Friday. It comes out Friday the seventh of February. Okay, so this week. Yeah, so we'll be able to talk about it next Monday. On gotcha. Next, so we'll be talking about the the Birds of Prey movie uh, next week ep- on next week's episode when we talk about the third arc. Yep. Um, but for now, we're going to talk about more of that Birds of Prey TV show. Oh yeah. Uh, we watched two episodes last week. We only watched one this week because yeah. the episode we watched was so bad and boring and awful that we just really, we stopped. <laughs> I, it made it surprised me. I didn't think it could get that much worse, but it really did. No, because the first two episodes we had a little bit of fun with at least. Yeah. Where it was like bad enough where you're like this. This is stupid. Exactly. <laughs> right. And like you can have, and there were enough comic book references where you got like a little bit of enjoyment out of it. Mm-hmm. And like Alfred was good. Oh, totally. Um, and Alfred's not in this anymore. Yeah. Alfred in the third episode was only the, like the recap narrator. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's all he does. It. Yeah. That's it. 
Um, this episode is is basically like the X Men, I guess. Like they're doing like a very X Men story with this. It's really weird because the this episode is all about um the the cop who we were following last week, uh, who was like uh building kind of had chemistry with Huntress, yeah, sexual tension cop with Huntress. Yeah, I can't remember his name because. Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I was not invested. It's the hot cop from. Uh, we'll call from him hot SVU. cop. Yeah, hot cop. So hot cop is uh, he criminal get, minds. He uh, criminal minds. Hot cop gets a new partner. Yeah. Uh, on the force. And yeah, he's fresh in from Bloodhaven, and apparently just a metahuman oh, racist. Do they mention Bloodhaven? Yeah. He, okay, he, so they have a little bit of comic uh, nod there. Yeah, I'll take it. Yep. Uh, but yeah, he he's essentially like uh like an X Men racist where he's like the yep. muties are rising up. It's like that. It's like all mutants are bad mutants. There's nothing like they're they're not good at all. That's what I mean. This is and it sounds like we're quoting X Men, but that's literally what's happening. That's here. literally he, what he they says. They call them metas. He but calls them like creatures. But, yeah, yeah, when he calls them creatures or metas, when yep. he's trying to be technical. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's the X Men. Just short of mutants. Yeah, it's mutants. <laughs> um, because. It's very, and this is played by uh, Joe Flanagan uh, for fans of Stargate yeah. Atlantis. I recognized him instantly. Yep. He's the lead guy in Stargate Atlantis. Yeah, so. that was interesting. Anyone else, any nerds who recognize that, you'll get a kick out of it. This is not in much. <laughs> so we're going to be following him. He's basically the villain of this episode. Yeah. Uh, we, we do one of the, our fly-throughs to go visit the Birds of Prey. And oh my God, oh, these fly-throughs make me nauseous. They're so, it's the worst it, animation I've ever I seen. I don't know how to describe it really. Like when you're transitioning from scene to scene, it will kind of fly out the window and fly to the building where you're going to be going. Going, mm-hmm. which i think nowadays you could make that look good oh yeah but the way it looks here is all cgi like yep. there's no town of like at all and that, bad that makes... cgi yeah it looks like a ride at universal studios when you're on like the cart that shakes yep it's and like, like the it's 4d like, rise yeah yeah it's like dr doom is chasing you oh. yep. <laughs> it's so bad <laughs> yeah so it, it's it like makes me sick too i'm like oh <laughs> uh, yeah it's not great uh but we get huntress who is in- investigating uh or i think she's like stopping a crime well and there's it, all these murders that keep happening and it and they're like really soup, not supernatural, but just like weird circumstances. Right, so it like seems like they're metahumans. Yeah, like just people killed. with like an acid hole burned in their chest, or yep. like they'll be burned, like frozen to death or something. Yeah. So yeah, they and so Hunter ends up going to this random bar that's like a club, and it ends up being just a bar club that's just full of uh, metahumans. Yeah, I like to call it uh, Charles Xavier's School for Gifted Young Youngsters. <laughs> yeah, it's not, but it's not a school; it's straight up a bar. Uh, Charles Xavier's Bar for Gifted Youngsters. <laughs> <laughs> for gifted youngsters to get come and, wasted. Come and get a drink. So yeah, and the, the bartender is his name is Frost. Because uh, when he touches things, he apparently can make the he can chill the drinks instantly. At first, I thought it was going to be their version of Mister Freeze, which they might as well have done. It might as well have been, but no, he's just Frost. Because yeah, he ends up being found on the street, like frozen into a block of ice on the sidewalk, which didn't make sense to me. Because if he's a Frost man, why is he weak? That to should ice? just be like how he sleeps. That should be his. Yeah, like, yeah it should be his like cocoon. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically, a bunch of superpowered people are being murdered yeah. um, by their own powers. Right, which ends up being the twist. We find out that this this cop is actually a, uh, a mutant of his own. Yeah, I think I'm ba- just gonna call him mutants. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not I think Barb- Bush here. Barbara actually breaks it before it's revealed that because she's like, oh, maybe it's like a uh, a the I don't know how the term she uses, but basically like a ditto that can like yeah. mimic powers and right. use them against them. Um, which is what this cop 
racist metahuman Stargate guy ends up being. Right, exactly. Because uh, he can, like, copy people's powers, but it, like, gives him a mental strain. Like, it gives him a migraine. And he's like, ah. Yeah, and, yeah, and he, like, literally, whenever he gets the headache, he just pulls out a bottle of pills and just shotguns him. Yeah, like Advil. <laughs> like, yeah. It's literally Advil. And he just, like, literally empties the bottle. I'm like, you can't do that. You can overdose on that, man. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like he... At first, I was like, oh, those must be what gives him his powers. Yeah. But no, it's like, it's literally just Advil. Because he even, like, he has Hot Cop, like, give him some Advil later. He's like, no, I'll give you some of mine. And he's like, okay. And he shotguns those. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, bro, like, I, I was, I meant like one or two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those cost like seven bucks. Can I get another one? <laughs> That's just not cheap, man. I'm on a fixed income. <laughs> yeah, I don't get paid well. I'm a Gotham cop. <laughs> Uh, but Huntress does battle with him for the first time, and uh, because he, he he goes into cat Witcher <laughs> yeah. mode as well. Of course, yeah, they they're sure to emphasize that he do, he makes the cat eyes. So toss a coin to your Stargate guy. Yeah. Uh, so they they do cat battle. Yeah. Um, I was disappointed because he doesn't do the growls; only she does the growls. That really would have been nice. Uh, I was hoping he'd be like rawr, <laughs> <laughs> meow meow. <laughs> And so, like, Huntress finds, like, I can't defeat him. He has all my moves. We're too evenly matched. Right. So she flees. Yeah. And, uh, oh, no, I take that back. A random person, like, runs him over with their oh, cop my, car. Oh, my, this was, okay, this was, all, this was way better than the random guy running into the street and getting hit by a semi. Straight up, just down the middle of an alley in the middle of the night, a random car comes out of nowhere, just barreling down, runs right over the cop dude, and he just gets out of the car and is just, like, patting his shirt down. He's like, oh, my God, are you okay? Are you okay? Right. And, it, and it's implied. Like he goes to Hunter, he's like, I thought you might need help. Yeah, and then and then the Joe, the Joe Flanagan copy's like, uh, well, you should watch where you're going, and yeah. walks off because apparently his powers have a like a range. Yeah, so when Huntress leaves, he loses the powers. Yeah, which it just seems. So and he dumb. doesn't have any questions for this guy about like, why were you driving right at me? And this dude's a cop. He could have arrested that guy on the spot. Yeah, you're arrested for hitting a guy with your fucking car. He's not even driving on a road. What are you doing? <laughs> are you drunk? Uh, another weird thing is uh, he, because uh, he's partners with Hot Cop, and he's yeah. trying to explain to Hot Cop his like worldview. Yeah. And what's uh, an interesting tidbit that I thought was, Hot Cop doesn't know who Batman is. Yeah, and he's apparently like the idea of metahumans is so surprising to him in Gotham City. Yeah, he like doesn't believe it. Yeah, and then uh, Hot or uh, Stargate Cop uh, goes on to explain to him the story of Batman, which apparently <laughs> uh, Hot Cop has no idea You've about. never heard the fucking story of Batman? You live in Gotham City. You're it's a Gotham City cop. Never heard of Batman. It's ludicrous. Jim Gordon like works with Batman. <laughs> It's so dumb. It's so dumb because he's like, well, if Batman was a meta, like he must have been one of the good ones. He's like, nah, Batman didn't have powers. You don't understand, man. Yeah. It's all the metas. They're evil. Oh, man. And I'm like, this is weird. This is so weird. Yeah. And so Hot Cop literally just makes an instant 180. It's like, yeah, maybe you're right. Fuck yeah. these guys. Yeah. And then even later, he's like, uh, when Huntress is like trying to take out the cop, he's like pointing a gun. It's like, I don't know. Aren't you just one of those creatures? Yeah. Like, you flipped on that really quickly. Yeah. Pulls a gun on Huntress and like, yeah, it's just like a complete 180. Yeah. And the way that they end up beating him is because uh, they use like the headaches as they're in. Yeah. So she goes back to that bar of metahumans and they all end up teaming up and like surrounding him. So he gets like an omega migraine. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, there's not enough Advil. Oh, no. <laughs> Give me the factory. <laughs> I need a bigger <laughs> pill. <laughs> Suppository. 
So like they're like about to arrest him and like Huntress is like getting in his face and they're like, we can't kill him. Like what, what would make like we, we wouldn't make us better than him. And so he ends up oh, like, you're right. And he ends up like he eats himself off the building. He goes on the edge of a building and like just slowly <laughs> Jesus falls off. These metahumans are all too comfortable in letting this guy jump. Oh, off. They don't lift a finger. They make zero effort. They're like, okay. <laughs> See ya. He's like, aren't you going to stop me? They're like, yeah, we're coming. <laughs> so please don't do it. And so like, this kind of solves all of our problems. Yeah, so like, he eats all You guys are, are supposed to be heroes. Like yeah. stop the guy. This is not a hero move. Yeah. So his partner's dead. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. He's like, I don't think he cares. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I guess you're good. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Um, Cause at this point I'm just like so uninvested in everything. I, I'm like, whatever. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm just going with it. Cause I know the credits are coming up soon and I'm excited for that. <laughs> yeah. There's, I think eight episodes that lasted of that. Yeah. And I, we, we like initially were gonna watch more because I saw Shiva was in it and I wanted yeah. to see what that was gonna be like. Yeah. And like, no. I think Supergirl shows up at some point too. Yeah, I saw a picture. What the fuck? Yep. There's no way that looks good. And no, Supergirl, her, well, her outfit actually looks great. It looks like the comic one. Do you think there's no way she like flies around and like has laser eyes and shit? I hope not. It would look terrible. I really hope not. I should try to find an episode of it. Yeah, but I think we're done watching this. I'm done with it. Yeah, we're really done. This episode was just bad. And like, it was like boring. Just bad in the worst way. At times offensive. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's not a good show. No. You shouldn't watch it. Dina Meyer does a good job as Batgirl. I'll yeah. say that. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and it's even a good characterization of Batgirl. Yeah, it's actually great. So at least she was in this. So that's one point that the movie doesn't get is they don't have Barbara Gordon. Yeah. Uh, but that's the show. Don't watch it. It sucks. Yeah. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about something hopefully better. Yeah, I'm having, I have a lot of hope for it. Uh, but yeah, so at the end of the episode here, I just wanted to call out something. I didn't call it out at the beginning of the of the show, but if you do want to support us, you can. Uh, we're on Twitter. That's where you can keep up with us and find out like what we're reading, so that way you can read ahead, so you can yep. always like you know have some context for what we're covering. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, I always live tweet the comics I'm reading too, like the panels from it, things I thought were interesting, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, if we're on we're on Twitter at Agents of Podcast, uh, we'll always follow you back too if you follow us. So. Oh yeah. Uh, also, if you want to support us on Patreon, that's how you can actually design episodes of this show mm-hmm. um on patreon you only have to sign up at the five dollar level and you can design an episode of our show you can choose the book and the movie or show that we discussed that week yep uh and we'll we'll cover all of that at the at the ten dollar level you can actually choose a series that we cover um where you can choose a, up to a three episode series so if you want to do like what we're doing now for birds of prey where you want us to read like three volumes of a of a single run or, yeah, yeah. or different runs you can i mean it's up to you yeah yeah what we're you open. want us to do yeah you get three episodes in a row you get to do so mm-hmm. go crazy with it yep uh so you can do that as well uh so or if you just want to join at the one dollar level you can join uh you get a link to our discord and we'll call you out on the podcast too so oh, yeah. uh but yeah, if you want to support the show, I think the like, couple of the best things you can do is uh, you can leave a review on uh, Apple Podcasts. That always helps. Uh, oh, yeah. Written reviews are great, but even just the rating. Like, that yeah, that, only, take, rating that only takes a like a second. So yeah. I mean, that helps out a lot. Just it's click really, a button. It's a really easy way to help us. Um, yeah. Best way you can help us is, is word of mouth. That's the best. Like if you have other friends who read comic books mm-hmm. who are looking for – because I mean this, that's the reason I started this podcast is because I, I didn't think there were enough podcasts that – talked through an entire book mm-hmm. um like a book club where i could like read a book and then hear what other people thought about like you know 
the pages, like each issue, like yeah, not exactly. just broad strokes. Yep. And you know, and there weren't enough comic uh, enough comic book podcasts where both people had read the book. Like sometimes it was just like a guy reporting on what he'd read, okay. and, and the other guys are just like, "Oh, cool, sounds fun." And I'm like, "This isn't a discussion. This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> just people responding." Right. Oh, uh, this part was good. Uh, this is a badass Batman issue. Sounds fun. Uh, I never read it. Cool. I'm Maybe gonna... I'll get to it one day. Yeah. No. So. Um, so if you like if you like that style, uh, you know that format definitely. That's cool. Yeah, tell other people about it because uh, we are you know we're trying to to grow, get our numbers up, so that way we can uh, do more interactive episodes, shit like that. Oh yeah. Because uh, I think that'd be a lot of fun having more people design the episodes that we pick, so that way we we can branch out. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, when we're picking the books, we usually go with stuff we're familiar with or that are common recommendations. So if you want us to read something that's more niche, that's your opportunity to do that. For oh, sure. definitely. Uh, and it doesn't it, it just anything comic book related it doesn't even have to be Marvel or DC. Like next week we're doing Lock and Key, which is not. IDW book, so it can be anything that has a comic book, you know, fucking uh, Ninja Turtles, Hellboy, yep. any indie stuff that has like a movie or a TV show. Yeah, I would love to do a random one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but that'll bring us to the end of uh, today's episode. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about the third volume of Birds of Prey. Not the final volume, but that's as far as we're going to cover before we move on to something else. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're going to be talking about that. And then we're also going to talk about the movie itself. We're finally at that point. So we're going to talk about uh, Birds of Prey and the something something of Harley Quinn. Yeah, the Emancipation? Uh, the, of the Proclamation of Harley <laughs> Quinn. <laughs> Some may bam, like it said. Uh, uh, yep. So we're going to be talking about that movie as well. Uh, and then after that, we're going to be talking about the, the Lock and Key Netflix show and... We haven't. We don't know how many volumes we're going to cover of it yet. We're going to try to cover as many volumes as the show covers. Yeah, we just don't want to get ahead of the show. So we're spoiling it for shit. people who don't want right. to have it spoiled. Exactly. So we're just going to cover as much as they actually adapt. Yeah. Uh, so join us next week for that. Uh, if you're listening to this episode in your car, definitely make sure that you did not leave your tablet <laughs> on top. Uh, pull over right now if you did. Unless you've got an apparently military grade case like Paul. Yeah, I, I just <laughs> Spider Man latched it to the top of my car. <laughs> Spider Man approved. <laughs> yeah. All right, but that'll be it. Join us next week for more Birds of Prey. See you later. Oh, oh. <laughs>